Hey everyone, welcome to the Naz Church Weekly Message Podcast. Here, you will listen to the preaching pastors from the Naz in Grove City, Ohio. We pray that you are inspired by their teachings. Amazing things are happening there, and I want to welcome back our missionary uh, team. And you might be wondering what this beautiful piece of jewelry is right here. Just in case you're wondering, uh, John Beard and some of the guys on the trip thought that I needed to have this in Puerto Rico, as if I didn't stick out like a sore thumb enough while I was there. Um, But part of the, uh, oh, and I was also supposed to tell you that uh, my name is now no longer Pastor David, um, but they started calling me True Chains. But uh, yeah, so that was part of the agreement. I needed to wear this on a Sunday morning. I think I see John in the back. So uh, thank you, John. And if you guys want to be blessed extra today, just come by and uh, be sure to touch the cross. I'll put it away. Anyways, too much of a distraction, too cool of a piece. But uh, man, it's great to be with you this morning. Just like we were in Puerto Rico a, a couple weeks ago, ministering to our community there. Uh, and they really have become a part of our community. In fact, one of the pastors, when we're there, always says this, uh, and we stayed at her church. She said, this is your home. This is your home. And we said, well, Grove City is your home, and so she's gonna come visit us here uh, in the future. But I wanna focus today on the topic of community. See, we've been talking about love listens. Love listens. What does it mean to listen? And where we wanna listen to today is our community. And so here in a little bit, we're going to invite a few panelists up here who they're going to share about what God is doing in our community. But before we do that, I want to dig into God's word. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to Mark chapter four, Mark chapter four. And I want to warn you that normally when this passage is used, it's not normally used from the perspective of listening to our community. Uh, But as I was preparing this week, I think it Fits, And I think you'll see why. While you're opening up to Mark chapter four, we're gonna be in verse 21. Let me get my, my lamp turned on here. Then Jesus asked them, would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought out into the open, and every secret will be brought to light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Then Jesus added, pay close attention to what you hear. Everyone say hear. Alicia, that was for you. It drives Alicia nuts when I do that. Pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. The word of the Lord for you today. You see, normally when we think about light and darkness and things being revealed when this passage is preached, it's normally talking about secret and hidden sins. Things that you've done in darkness that you don't want anyone to know about and we have this scripture that says what you do in the darkness will be brought to light and that's terrifying. 
But I think as we look at the sense of community and what God is doing in our community, and I think you'll agree with me, is that there are lots of dark places in our world, aren't there? That the Holy Spirit wants to illuminate and bring light to. And there's this very real understanding in scripture that when God illuminates something, we have the responsibility to act. And that when we hear, we begin to understand. And when we begin to understand, we have the ability to act. And another translation says, uh, the measure you use will be measured to you. The more you seek to understand and to know and hear what God is doing, the more you will understand. And so that's my prayer today, that we would be people that listen, people that understand, people that seek to understand even more. And why is it important to listen? I wanna throw a quote up here on the screen because listening, we believe, is very equal or similar to love. Check this out, it says, being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. That when you listen, people feel loved. So at this time, I'm gonna invite some of our panelists from our community up here to join us. Church, can we welcome them uh, this morning? These experts, awesome people in our community. And I'll introduce them here shortly, but uh, let's open with prayer. Can we do that? Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. God, would you guide our conversation? Lord, that we wouldn't be stuck to a script, but instead we would allow your Holy Spirit to guide us. Lord, prepare our hearts and lead us, we ask in your name. And everyone said, amen. Well, let me introduce our panelists here. Um, to my right, your left, we have, and I call him Coach, because he was my high school basketball coach just a couple years ago, just a few. Um, you don't look hardly old enough to be my high school basketball coach. You don't look old enough to be my pastor. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Kevin Tiford, and uh, Coach, why don't you tell us how long you've been at the NAS and what you do? Yeah, I've been uh, here for about 25 years when my family moved up from Gallup Police and the first church of the Nazarene there, and uh, coming uh, to the city, it was this a good idea. We start out here at the Nazarene Church. Our son was cool here and um, graduated. Uh, and so I've been here at the church and a member. And in, in addition, I uh, currently serve as the public safety director for the city of Grove City. And uh, prior to that, I spent uh, 35 years, 100 days, and three hours as a state trooper. <laughs> I was waiting for the minutes there. Thank you, Coach, for being here. Uh, Alicia McNeil, welcome. We're glad you're here as well. Tell us how long you've been here and what you do. Um, I think that Joel and I have been attending here for about three years, and um, I work for an organization called Grace Haven, and we serve um, teenagers and young people throughout the state of Ohio who have been victims of trafficking. Awesome. Thank you very much for being here. And, of course, Dr. Melissa Benson Wainwright. Wainwright Benson. I mixed it up. Sorry, go ahead. Good morning, and I am the newest member to the community. I've been here, at, it's unfolded in different ways, but I've joined the community and have felt so welcomed here. And one way I got plugged into the NAS was through 
being asked to be on a team for English language learners, and that is a passion of mine. I'm a second language learner myself, going back to my home church where I did missions, and I'm a bilingual Spanish speaker, and I have a love for English language learners. Awesome, thank you. Well, welcome. We're so glad that you're here and excited to learn from you guys. Uh, so thank you for giving of your time to do that. I have to tell everyone that when we went and met on Wednesday to begin going over what we were gonna be talking about, I should have just put a microphone in the room uh, because we had probably, I don't know, 45 minutes or uh, it went longer than that of just straight discussion. And uh, we could probably be up here all day if you wanted us to. Um, but what we're gonna do is we're gonna try to highlight some of the things that we discussed or allow the Holy Spirit to kind of guide this part of the conversation. And then whatever we don't get to, we're going to put a podcast together so that we can hear some of the voices of our community, maybe take a deeper dive into human trafficking, public safety, uh, ELL, and kind of what those things, and maybe even some other community things um, as well. So looking forward to hearing from your expertise here. And I actually wanna start with Melissa, because we, we, we talked on the phone a few days back, uh, and you shared kind of where the Lord had been leading you and what the Lord had been saying. Do you mind sharing with us what, what the Lord's been leading you in? Sure. Some weeks before knowing that I was going to be on this panel, God just started bringing this phrase of helping the invisible to be visible. And he started showing me that that meant by seeing more clearly, listening more attentively. And for me, God speaks through his word. I have this app that I use called the Abide app and, and things would come up about bringing the invisible to be visible through experiences and through people. And then being asked to speak about the English language learners is another way to help a community become more visible to us as a community. And it made me think about community is as we talked about last week, our home is a community, mm -hmm. our city can be a community, our state, our nation, this church is a community, and I'm so grateful to have been welcomed here and to be able to find ways to plug in and serve. Thank you. So, I didn't do this first service. You say the Abide app? Yes. Dude, I think my wife and I listen to the Abide app at night to like fall asleep, and there's this guy with a really deep voice. Yes. Do you guys, yeah. There are sleep apps and day apps. Yes. Yeah, so that's what we use. I don't know, he just, he comforts me and puts me to sleep. Um, but as we talk about the invisible becoming visible, you had a unique experience at Target the other day. Do you mind telling us about it? I did. I was at Target and I decided I was gonna use the self-checkout. And I'm checking out my things and as sometimes happens to me, I have a, an error user and I need an assistant to come and help me at self-checkout. The attendant comes and helps. While we're doing that, another attendant comes to speak to the target worker helping me. She says to the attendant, do you speak Spanish? Neither one of them speaks Spanish. I had a moment of, I'm in the self-checkout, I really am on a mission, and I was reminded, I speak Spanish. Let's see how we might, might help. Turns out it's to help this woman who is an older woman who is distraught. She's physically exhausted. She has prosthetics and a, and a walker and she's clearly in need of something. Mm -hmm. Turns out it's coffee. And <laughs> I said, there's coffee back in, in the food section. She said, I know, but I've been there. I can't find it. I said, well, let me go find it. 
She said, no, it's not back there. It's in these little glass cold containers. That's what I need is coffee. And I remember, they have these little boxes of cold items. It happens to be this little glass of coffee. I said, is this what you were looking for? Her demeanor changed, her face glowed, and she said, yes, that's what I need. I needed refreshment, I needed rest. And in that moment, I realized, had the first attendant not been listening and seeing the need to go to the second attendant where I was, that woman's need would not have been seen, would not have been heard, and she would have not had her need met. Yeah. So, like, I kind of have been on the other side of that recently, uh, being in Puerto Rico. I know we've talked about that a lot, but uh, we were working at this church down there, and we were going to go get lunch food, and in most places, people speak English or some, and you know, you, but this one was off the, the beaten path, and so I, I head over uh, with Curtis, who was on uh, the trip with us, and we got a bunch of food, and we, we ended up pulling our phones out and like punching numbers in and trying to like translate things and just trying to like communicate in the most basic form. Well, we realized the church, which is kind of just down the road, we had, we didn't bring our car. We thought, oh, we'll just carry it. We're like, well, we have too much, and so we're like, well, I wonder if we can borrow a shopping cart, okay, which I don't know. And uh, Curtis said, yeah, I can, I can do it. And so he goes and talks to this guy. He comes back. And he said, we're good to go, man. I said, did they understand you? He's like, I, I hope so. And so, like, we don't even, like, think twice about it. We load the cart up, and we're like, just don't make eye contact with anyone. We take this cart, and we start pushing it down the street. And soon enough, right after that, this dude with a gun uh, an armed guard chases us down the street and wants to know why we're stealing the shopping cart, but he didn't speak English there. And we were like, oh, you know, sorry, uh, don't shoot, but uh, we're, uh, we just need to borrow this. And we, we just tried to do that. But um, it's interesting stepping into an environment that you're not sure if you're gonna be understood. And there's a certain amount of fear that if I, on that side that you feel but then when you're the person on the other side, you also have a sense of fear that goes along with this. What, what do we do with that fear? How do we start to overcome some of those things? What, what, what do you think? Fear is, is a part of putting ourselves in experiences where it's out of maybe our comfort zone. And I think one is in listening and seeing. Yeah. And it's in taking a step out in faith. Sometimes it's a smile, it's a small gesture. I still think the using your phone as a possible translator, good option, it just didn't work in your situation. Yeah, we tried. And I, so I think the fear is in seeing people as individuals. The fear is not seeing them as individuals. And it reminds me how we were created in his image. In fact, he says we are extremely, wonderfully made. Each person in a community represents an individual. So I, I think when we start to see people as individuals, some of that fear can, can fall away. Absolutely, I think that's a great principle. Um, when you humanize people, like sometimes they're just stories. But when they become faces and people, um, that does a, goes a long way in bridging that gap. Coach, what do you experience? You, you see some of this stuff at the mayor's court all the time. What, what's been going on with you? Yeah, God has really been laid on my heart to get to know and experience and understand people who are different than me. And, and sometimes, whether that's a language barrier, a different culture, a different lifestyle, 
And uh, when we were talking about um, this story earlier, I, I love Melissa's story, and I wish I had a similar one. But uh, I have a similar story, but it's a totally different outcome. Now, Becky and I were at Lowe's a couple of weeks ago, and um, uh, God sends me to the hardware store in trips of three. And he does that to learn uh, patience and to trust in him and ask for his guidance before I go tear out some plumbing. And so I'm probably on my third trip to Lowe's and I'm, we're, we're checking out and there's this um, young group of young couple who have, was um, parked in the, in the, uh, the pro a lot like me, right? Like I'm, we're parked in, under the, it was raining. And so we're getting, uh, they're getting stuff and they're, they're getting two befores and a, and a sheet of plywood and they're kind of stuff it into this, this car, this sedan. They open the you know, trunk and lay the back seat down. I'm sure you, everybody's probably been there and putting the two befores in and sticking out the back. And I have a nice pickup truck right beside that. I'm thinking, man, I could probably just take this home. I should offer that, right? These people weren't speaking to me, uh, but they were speaking to me, right? It was those nonverbals. This was a despair moment. And I'm thinking to myself, this would be a great opportunity for me to say, hey, would you like to I could maybe take your stuff there. And so it instantly, I knew God was pushing, hey, this is your opportunity to get to know someone and to hear and just communicate with someone that's different than you. And, uh, but, you know, all those, all those things that come to my mind, like, well, you know, this is, I'm, this is my third trip. I want to get done. Um, my family's with me. Maybe they live in a bad part of town. I don't even have a gun with me. You know, all kind of, that, that was funny. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, you know, maybe they live in a bad part of Grove City and I'm going to have to go. So, um, but I didn't. I didn't, uh, I didn't do that. I just went home and mind my own business and that guy beat me up the whole time. And I, and I tell that story. I don't know if you've ever been there. I, I'm there more often and I want to share. But I love that story, Melissa. And I, was, I, I, I shared that story. I'm so thankful that God uh, put on my heart, first of all, to say, hey, look, you know, there's, if you want, if you're going to ask me to do something for you, you're going to, you need to be obedient. I'm so glad that he put that person in my life. I hope they made it okay and things were okay with them. Um, but uh, in the future, you'll be more attentive. And so I'm thankful to that. So just being involved and just getting to know, um, be in, attentive and be uh, intentional and in getting to know people and, and try to understand and, and, uh, and then pray and, um, and listen to them. I think, though, in listening to that story and, and you're lamenting that you didn't use the opportunity to use your truck, I think it's gracious of God that he gives us more chances because we all miss opportunities to see more clearly, to hear more clearly. So don't beat yourself up. Just next time, use your truck. <laughs> <laughs> well, and now the whole congregation knows you have a truck uh, in case... Uh... <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I need to help someone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so tell us about maybe some of the folks that you run into in moments of despair. You mentioned moments of despair at Lowe's, and I think we can all relate, uh, you know, the weekend warriors there, right, uh, trying to do home projects. But tell me about, uh, you know, kind of in your line of work, what you run into. Yeah, well, I've spent uh, almost 40 years in public service, mostly in uh, law enforcement. So I've got to see a lot of despair, uh, a lot of people who are just in need. And I've got a chance to, in my job as a city, I oversee the, the mayor's court. And although they're not, you know, these aren't felons coming in out of the door, they're misdemeanor violations. There's, I've never been in court where I see, didn't see this despair that some young mother or someone who uh, didn't even understand the language. They were, they were Hispanic. We have, a, we have a, a huge Hispanic population, Somali population coming in, and our city is looking different all the time. And so, you know, trying to get to know them, and you see that despair in their eye, and that is like people just want to be 
Um, they just want to be loved and have something that they can call their own. And they, you know, these are might be minor traffic violations, but there might be a barrier. They don't understand the language, or you know, we talk about you know immigration, all the things about the you know the border, and all those things are are, are likely true. And you know, it's whatever political side you're on. But there's so many people coming to America that want to just be part of something that we have. And so, um, you know, God just laid it on my heart. Get you need to you know, get to know some of these people and try to, you know, find some place to be able to help them before they get into that, into that system. So, um, but you see it all the time. And now pastor and I serve on a committee that uh, deals with uh, substance addiction and mental health issues in our community. And, and we've realized that, you know, first of all, how much we, did, we didn't know. And there's a, there's a, a herd out there. Nobody, probably nobody in this uh, congregation has, doesn't know a family member or a friend who hasn't been affected by the drug epidemic uh, either has uh, passed away or uh, suffering from addiction. And so there's a lot of family members who just don't know how to get help. They don't, there's a lot of help out there and they just don't know how to get help. So be attentive to that. Uh, be attentive to what you might be able to do to, uh, to help those folks out. There's this concept in, in psychology is called uh, the bystander effect where people think, well, someone else will help them out, right? It's not, I don't need to. And listen, when I was talking about that, there's so many people out there, but there's a hurting world and people need help. So it might be a smile. It might be something that you can do. Just, just make that attempt. Don't, don't do what I did and just not, not be obedient. Go, there's, there's people out there who need you. And if you're just attentive to that, they may just be, uh, may be in your household or they may be just next door or a phone call away. So that's what I would say to, you know, look, search for that, but be, a, be attentive and be assertive. Okay, awesome. I have one more question for you and then we'll hear from Alicia here. Finally. <laughs> Finally, she says. <laughs> um, as you end up working with people that are going through some of their life circumstances and stuff, you talked to me a little bit about earlier about prayer and, and the role that, that played in uh, your work there. Can you share with us? Yeah, um, you know, before I left, you know, as you get older in your career, you want to kind of leave a legacy. And, you know, I was getting um, almost ready for retirement. And, and through the last two, probably five years, God had put, you know, troopers uh, uh, of kind faith in my life. And I would each share a devotion or something to a group. And then they would later call me or text me and say, hey, thanks for mentioning that. I'm also a believer. And so there's, uh, God brought these people into my life. There's about 12 uh, different troopers that, you know, I would pray for and, um, and communicate with them, share devotionals with them. And, and I tell our, our chaplains at our police department that there's a, you know, there's a lot of things going on in law enforcement uh, today. And, and uh, our, our officers definitely need a prayer and covering like no other time in my history of, uh, in law enforcement. And so they were very appreciative. And I think we talk about, you know, the physical or the mental anguish and, and concerns for law enforcement and things that they have to experience on a daily basis. But also this, we, we forget about the spiritual nature. And of course, everybody wants you to think, okay, well, you, you, you can't pray for these people. You know, you're their boss. We got to separate this church and state thing. I'm like, well, I hope I get prosecuted. I hope, <laughs> hope that is the case. i you know, God tells us we're going to be rewarded for those kind of things. And so, um, you know, getting to know those officers. And if you don't know, you know, and this is my plug for law enforcement. If you know someone, a law enforcement officer, either in your community uh, or you don't know some place, I can give you names. Um, trooper Jacob Morrison, David's uh, bro pastor's brother, mm -hmm. as a trooper um, who you could pray for. And uh, Trooper Adam James, is uh, from all the way in Montana. There's uh, all kind of uh, just great, just good kids. And 
And, um, you know, they need your prayers like, like no other, uh, at no other time. Awesome. Thanks, Coach. I appreciate it. Um, you know, kind of on the other side of things there, uh, Elisha, you shared something that kind of ripped my heart out. I just couldn't stop thinking about it since you shared it. And maybe it's just because it's your line of work, but I guess it just wasn't as real to me. When we met, we started talking about human trafficking. And you're like, oh, yeah, I saw someone today that was being trafficked. And I was like, like here? And would you mind sharing kind of your interaction there and uh, what your experience has been in working with that community and what are they saying? Sure. Um, so I don't see this every day, but um, when we were getting ready to meet last Wednesday and um, I was driving in my neighborhood, which is um, really close to Jordan's Crossing, if you guys have been there on Hague Avenue, and I was at a stoplight, and I looked over, and I saw um, this really nice car um, with a man inside of it. And then, and his window was rolled down, and he was talking to somebody, um, a girl, who had like three bags that were full of clothes. And then there was another girl on the corner. And the girl in the corner, um, she had been crying, and like her makeup, she, it was like all like coming down her face. And um, the girl with her bag was like holding up clothes. I think she was like, is this okay if I wear this? Or is like, is this what you approve of? Is kind of, and I was like, mm. well, this looks bad. Um, but I don't wanna say anything with that guy there because that could be dangerous. So I just drove around the block. And when I came back, the one, the one girl was gone and the one who was crying was walking down the street with another man. And so um, I didn't say anything because I could have put her in more danger. Um, they have a lot of rules about if they're allowed to speak to somebody. Um, I should have called the police. I didn't. But if you ever see something like that, you should definitely um, call, the, call 911 or the Human Trafficking Task Force. Yeah. Awesome. So like as you've walked through that, you find yourself in some pretty interesting conversations um, where listening takes on a whole nother level. Would you talk to us about maybe what they're saying and how you learn to listen? What are some tools that you have for that? Yeah, so I mean, the people that I work with have experienced trafficking trauma, but I think a lot of us are in relationship with people that have experienced trauma, hardships in their life, right? And um, when you had shared that you were going to um, kind of open up with Mark 4, yeah. I went to Mark 4 too to make sure that you were you know, preaching it correctly. <laughs> and um, Wait, tell everyone he, how you... Um, he did. Uh, yeah, you love when I say, hey, repeat after me, say this, don't you? No. And now so, you all know it. And now you all so know. you'll think of me every time, David says, sometimes 15 times in a service, everyone say, yeah. here. And now that I know just because of who I am, I have to just increase the number every service. I don't know if that's love listening. No, I okay. feel like that's <laughs> mean listening. Touche, okay. touche, get it, yeah. Okay, so listen to Mark 4. I won't make you repeat it. Um, in the NIV, it says, for whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed. Whatever is concealed is meant to bring out into the open. And so as I'm thinking about this, and David asked me to speak kind of in my interaction with people who have been trafficked, and I was like, okay, so things that are in the dark, and that is sin, like you talked about, and it's abuse and neglect, 
and shame and um, people who have been treated, abused or neglected or treated poorly, they think I'm a bad person, I'm not lovable, um, I can't be liked. If anyone knew what I've experienced, they would judge me um, and I just, I just have so much shame. And then shame grows in the darkness, right? And so you're just like lonely and disconnected and you're feeling terrible. But the Bible says it's meant to be in the light. Like God wants you to have healing and freedom from this. And he wants us to tell other people so that we're not alone, so that we're not invisible, so that we can be seen, so our, we can carry each other's burdens and it can be not so heavy, not so big, it can be dealt with, you know? So like when people are starting to get to the place where they trust you or they talk about shame or some of this other things that maybe were in darkness brought to light, um, it's been my experience that a lot of times people that are coming out of trauma are, uh, I think a word you've used before, they're prickly. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't know any prickly people, do you? Not Christ- just- Christians aren't prickly though, it's the rest of them. Yeah, yeah, everyone else. But how do you work with prickly people? How do you love them and listen to them like Jesus does? Yeah, so we like call it like hugging a cactus. Where you're kind of like, eh, you know, because it kind of hurts a little bit because like you said, when people are experiencing, are coming out of that, they feel like the world is not safe. I can't trust people. It's me against the world. And so then they're angry and they're abrasive. And um, we want to be like, why are you acting that way? or what's wrong with you, when really we need to say, what's happened to you? Um, what has happened that has impacted you in this way? And how that impact your relationships? How does that impact how you see yourself? What do you think about God? Where was God in this for you? And just being curious instead of just assuming that we know all of the answers, if we're curious and asking them questions, that's helping them to kind of unpack things too, you know, to, to get to the light. Awesome, I think, uh, I really like that distinct distinction you made between what's wrong with you versus what's happened in your life. Yeah. Uh, one is accusatory and the other says, like, are you okay? Like, what's going on? I love the kind of the art of questions there and learning um, uh, to listen uh, to people that are in need and I think sometimes as Christians, maybe we, I know I'm not on the panel, I'm supposed to just be asking questions here, but maybe we do damage sometimes when we don't listen, Yeah. right? When we start to make statements like that or we use like religious statements to try to like ice over something. I was trying to think of what, what are some things we might say in those cases, little platitudes. I was trying to uh, like, like, like. You need to have more faith. You just need to have more faith, you know, or um, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength, so why are you so grumpy, right. you know, or, um, oh man, I don't, I think like faith, you need to have faith, you need to have more hope. The problem is, is that you have too little of faith or right. that kind of thing. Just have faith, right? Yeah. Or like one of the ones I hear sometimes, like, uh, oh, God, God's got a plan, mm. right? You're like, oh, so is it, it's God's plan Yes. that I'm going, right? And there's just... I think it's also in the timing and building that relationship with the person of listening to know when those moments of sharing 
whatever comment it would be, is knowing the person, listening, and then discerning when is the time to say a little more and when do we just need to listen and to try to understand. Yeah, and so like being into the Holy Spirit with that, but also not deciding how long someone can like be going through the struggle, right? Like we can't decide, okay, you've been dealing with this for long enough or you've brought this up enough or okay, that's, that's enough. And we can't decide that for them. We have to like listen and be in the journey with them and be good stewards of now they've brought us in. And that's an honor to be brought in to people's hurt and in their vulnerable places. And we wanna be good stewards of that. And I think that, I mean, it, Psalms talks a lot about laments, right? Where David is like, you need to strike those people down. You know, like I hope that you pull all their teeth out, Lord, and just make them miserable. Like he's mad, you know, and he's hurt. And that's, we just get uncomfortable with that. And so we want to avoid people who are that way or we stop talking to them and then they're like back in isolation. And I think as Christians, we need to be better at being in the uncomfortable and just continue to listen to the Holy Spirit on how do I walk alongside this person. Pastor, I, I, I love that story because I, I think people expect that too. I think they expect us as Christians, at first they feel like they're, they're gonna be judged, but they probably feel guilty and they expect from us as we're gonna judge them inappropriately. They're gonna feel one. But when we come up and just give them a hug and say, hey, I, I, I don't know what you're going through. I don't, I don't know, I've not experienced that. You know, the, the, uh, the power of special, especially substance addiction is absolutely incredible unless you've actually been there. You, we don't know what that's like. And it leads to so many things. There's so much connection between substance addiction and trafficking. And we talked already before, but I think people, you know, first of all, you're not, you're not like, you don't understand that. But I think they just want to be, they, wanna, they don't want to be in that situ, situation. And we know God can help them through that. But not to be judged, not to start out with a judgmental attitude, but one of love. Absolutely, I think these are all great points and um, I guess probably the next question I think everyone might be wondering, um, if you have any like final thoughts, but how can we get involved? What can we do to help? Melissa, do you mind? I think one is I'd mentioned part of my joining the community was becoming involved in a team looking at English language learners and how might we serve people desiring to learn English, assimilate into the culture, one is in the fall, we're hoping to launch the NAS, having its own ELL, English Language Learner Program, and already in town, First Baptist is providing English language programs, and many members of the NAS are serving in that, that program. They have a waiting list, and that there's a need for people desiring to learn English, and so I would say, be on the lookout for opportunities to serve in that program. It could be being a greeter and creating an environment that is welcoming. It could be actually teaching an English language class. So there'll be many ways to be involved in that. In hearing this, these represent elements of the community. There are lots of different aspects to a community and we're not called to serve in every area. We don't have to come in as superheroes with a cape. We need to be sensitive to where God would have us to serve. If that happens to be with English language learners, that's fabulous, and that opportunity will be coming later this, this year. Awesome, do, so do I need to know another language in order to help with this? No, certainly if you have another language, that's wonderful. Yeah. 
we have many more languages than Spanish in the community, and it's absolutely not. Some of the best opportunities I've had to teach English have been in a very mixed language classroom. So absolutely not. A smile and the willingness to meet people where they are is what would be needed. Awesome, thank you very much. Alicia, what can we do? Um, well, if you're interested in working with trafficked youth, I work for a Christian organization called Grace Haven. Um, you can just Google that, and there's a lot of volunteer opportunities, mentors, um, tutors. Um, uh, Grace Haven has a group home for teenagers um, in central Ohio, and we need just people to come in and be relational with them and engage with them and just kind of like be like a stand-in mom a little bit while they're living with us. Um, but also... A lot of times when people think of human trafficking, they think of someone being kidnapped, right? From, be careful, at Walmart, you hear like these stories online, and those are true. But when it comes to trafficking, um, the random abduction only happens like three to 5% of the time. So the rest of the time, well, let me say this, 50% of the time that a youth is trafficked, they're trafficked by a family member. And then the other like 40% is friends and boyfriends and girlfriends and family friends. And so these youth are um, manipulated by people who want to take advantage of them. And they have, they don't usually have much of a support system. Mm -hmm. And so because of this lack of support, they're looking for connection. They're looking for someone to be interested in them. And these unhealthy people come in. And so... If you just know youth where you are in your neighborhood or in your community or in your school and you're willing to kind of take them under your wing and be intentional and relational with them, that really does make a really big difference. Awesome. Thank you very much. Coach, you got any final words for us? Uh, yeah, just, you know, I would just say be intentional and, and, and look for and Pray that God will bring people in your life or put you in a position. You don't, don't be a bystander. I say that because, you know, I was a bystander, right, for the guy at Lowe's. And don't, don't be a bystander. Find, find ways of getting involved in people's life and listen, not only with your ears, but with your eyes, right? This, the guy at Lowe's, he was, I could tell he was, needed help. He didn't, have to, he didn't have to tell me that. He just needed. Uh, we, in, our, in our community in Grove City, there's a, a higher than average rate of domestic violence cases uh, in central Ohio. And so I'm sure that maybe someone next door could just use some conversation or some help. And there's a lot of uh, help out. There's a lot of resources. Just be attentive. Just be open to, um, to listening to people. Pray for your um, public officials. Call them. Be involved in government. That's, uh, that would be my advice. Thanks for being our pastor. Even though I'm your coach, I'm very proud of you and Pastor John, who gave me my only winning season. Thank you, John. <laughs> I wish I could have helped with the winning season there, but uh, yeah. Well, church, let's do this. If it's all right, let's pray over our community leaders here. And uh, here's what I'd like you to do. One of the things we do, not to be weird or anything, but it's kind of a sign of solidarity, is we kind of stretch our hands out uh, towards them, saying, hey, we're all gonna agree to pray together. So would you stretch your hands out towards them? Uh, and as you do, I just wanna make you aware, we did have one of our uh, troopers affiliated with the NAS was seriously injured in an accident this last week. Uh, and so we're gonna pray for him as well. Sound good? Uh, go ahead and uh, stretch your hands out and let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this time, God, how you're moving and working. Uh, God, we come before you uh, right now for uh, Trooper Wilson 
And uh, Lord, we thank you for uh, sparing him. And God, we ask that you continue to work in his recovery uh, and bring about quick healing uh, for him. God, we thank you for those that serve our community. Uh, like him. Uh, people every day, our, our teachers, our nurses, our doctors, our, our officers, firefighters, and uh, all sorts of other folks, God. Uh, Lord, that they get to be your hands and feet. And so we ask that you would bless and protect them. Uh, God, that you would guide them, Lord, that you would continue to mobilize this group of people out of this community here. Father, for our other community members here, Lord, we think about human trafficking and ELL and uh, those that suffer from uh, domestic violence and all of the just number of things that our community is trying to speak in. Lord, I pray you would be with these leaders, God, that they can lead with hope and compassion. God, that your Holy Spirit would continue to give them discernment and the ability to do what you're leading them to do. And Father, mobilize us as well uh, to do what you've called us to do. We ask this in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. 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 Guys, thanks for being here. And uh, we have a gift that we'd love to give you guys uh, as a church. You can hang on to those. But guys, thank you very much. And uh, we as a church appreciate you guys can go ahead uh, and be seated so I can talk for 30 more minutes. I'm kidding. But thanks for, uh, thank you so much uh, for what you're doing. Um, Churches we close, you know, love listens. And like Coach said a little bit earlier, sometimes listening isn't just with your ears. And maybe you understand this if you have a five-year-old. Anyone have a five-year-old or a young kid or have had one? Um, because I know that sometimes my five-year-old will be talking my ear off. And yeah, da 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 Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, I'm listening, yeah, okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. Dad! I hear you, you know, I get back on my phone or whatever, and then he has this famous move that he does. He reaches over, he grabs me by the cheeks, and he turns my head and says, look at me. Have you experienced this? Right? That sometimes listening isn't just hearing, but listening is also seeing. Uh, and what I believe that the Lord wants to do is, the Lord illuminates dark places, is he wants to make us people that see people that hear, people that act. And so we do have a few resources for you today. If you're one of those people that says, you know, I need help. One of these things we talked about struck a chord with you. Maybe you're suffering from addiction or uh, abuse or, or trafficking or some of these other things. Uh, you can actually get these resources uh, via the NAS app. If you have that, go to the Care and Compassion link, which will be on the front page, or go to our website, the nas.church slash stay connected, and I'd love to connect you with some resources there to get help if you need help. Or if you're one of those folks that says, hey, I wanna help someone else. I wanna shine a light in some of those areas. If you also go to that same place, we have places and ways that you can connect and plug in um, to help other people, right? Because when darkness is illuminated, we have a responsibility to act that we don't want the bystander effect of saying, hey, I'm gonna wait for someone else to take care of this to help someone else. Maybe there's a reason that God has placed you in that moment and it's to act, which might mean that you get interrupted. It might make you uncomfortable. It might make you late for something else. But as followers of Jesus, this is what the Lord calls us to. You know, the, the final thing that I wanna close with and before we close in prayer is that I really got this really strong sense as we were preparing and praying um, that as we talked about darkness, that there are probably people here right now that feel 
stuck in darkness, that you feel unnoticed by God, that you feel unrecognized, that you miss out on relationships and you feel stuck in darkness. And I feel like I need to tell you this, that the Lord sees you that no matter what you've done or where you've gone or the addictions that you've fallen into or the, the sins that you've committed in darkness, that God sees you. And he doesn't see you with judgment, he sees you with compassion and love. And the word of the Lord for you is that he wants to be with you and know you. That God wants to pull you out of that place of brokenness, out of darkness, and be in relationship with him. And I don't know if that's for someone here or maybe that's for someone that's watching or will be streaming this later, but the Lord sees you. You don't need to hide anymore. He's gonna make a way for you to step out of that area. And so church, I'm gonna ask you now, we're gonna have an opportunity to respond to what the Lord is doing here. Would you bow your heads with me? And if that's you and you'd say, you know what, I have been, maybe you ran away from the Lord and you need to know that the Lord wants to bring you back and that the Lord's arms are open and is welcoming you back. Or maybe you would say, you know what, I don't have a relationship with the Lord, but I have tried everything else and I'm stuck so far down in darkness that I didn't think there was a way out. Turn to Jesus today. And so we're gonna say a simple prayer and if that's you and you wanna surrender your heart to Jesus, uh, just say this in your heart or say it out loud if you want to. It doesn't matter wherever you are. Just say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, rescue me from darkness. Pull me out of the place that I'm in. God, help me to live again. I wanna be in relationship with you. For, for my friends that have ran away from the Lord, it's a really simple prayer that we say, Lord, forgive me. I've tried doing things my own way and they haven't worked out, but God, I ask that you would bring me back. Bring me back to you. And for all of us, God, we ask that you would help us to have ears to hear and eyes to see, that we would listen to our community and then act. God, that when we leave today, our lives and our eyes will be a little bit more bright as we look for what you're doing and ways that we can be a part of that. We ask this in the name of Jesus and everyone said, amen. Church, go ahead and stand to your feet. And uh, while you're doing that, can we take a moment and celebrate anyone that made a decision to follow Jesus today to step out of darkness into light? It's the greatest decision that you're ever gonna make. In fact, we believe that a relationship with Jesus, while incredibly personal, is not intended to be kept private. And so there's a couple different ways that you can take this step. If you're watching online, what happened to the, I mean, I was getting ready to vibe with that, all right. Yeah, if you're watching online, uh, you can click the QR code that's gonna be available on the screen. If you're in the room, we want you to tell someone that you made a decision to follow Jesus. We want you to get in God's word, grab a Bible, and you can do both of those things by going to Guest Central out in the lobby by the rock wall there. But whatever it is, we want you to take that next step to follow Jesus. But I wanna bless you before you go. Go ahead and put your hands out like this. Because we believe that God loves to bless his children. Do you agree with that, right? He has good gifts for us. This is my prayer.
that the Holy Spirit in your life would illuminate dark places. It would help you to see that he would make the invisible become visible and that when he does, that he would give you the courage to act. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be blessed, church. We love you guys. Go in the grace and peace of our Lord. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. Stay connected with us at thenaz.church. Thank you.